Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast contains discussions of child abuse, sexual repression and sexual abuse, suicide, racism, misogyny, PTSD and PTSD symptoms, and spiritual oppression and abuse, including guilt, shame, and fear. In most episodes, we will be mentioning some of these concepts in a general way without any graphic detail. If any of these topics or other triggering topics will be mentioned in great detail, we will let you know at the beginning of each individual episode, as well as in the show notes for that episode. Welcome back to this homework edition of the Leaving Eden podcast. My name is Gabrielle Hawkowen, and I am here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Sadie Carpenter. Hello, Sadie. Um, Hello. We are not here today to talk so much about Sadie's life in the Independent Fundamental Baptist cult, but we are here to do a, a homework assignment, and I didn't assign Sadie homework this week, Sadie assigned me homework this week. And how are we feeling about that? Uh, that feels pretty great because number one, it means that we passed 1,000 total listens yeah. on our streams. How, what is the word I'm supposed to use? Yeah, downloads. 1,000 downloads. downloads. <laughs> Actually, now we're getting closer to 1,300 at the time of recording this. So it's been a, a, a hot week or so. It'll be over um, 2,000 by the time this comes out. Yeah. Dollars uh, before- donuts. Yeah, before we get to the, I mean, it might be 3,000 by that time or Ooh, more. Oh, that would be yeah, great. That'd be great. Um, but before we get into that, I would just like to say to our listeners that the Leaving Eden podcast is a fully viewer supported podcast. And we work hard to bring you not just one, but two episodes every week. So if you enjoy this content, you can subscribe to our Patreon, where we have bonus content, including show outtakes and soon exclusive video content. 
And if you don't want to join our Patreon for whatever reason, you can support us in other ways, like recommending this podcast to your family, your friends, your coworkers, and you know maybe writing to your favorite podcast host. Maybe they want to have interesting people on as guests, and we would love to go on their shows just to get the word out about ours. Other thing that you can do, join our Facebook group. It's called Eden Exodus. You can find it on Facebook, um, and we're going to have more extended discussion there. It's going to be fun. Um, but anyway, uh, we're back to the matter at hand. So I, um, I wanted you to hear some Hiles Anderson College tour music and some of what would have the the music or at least the kind of music that would have been on my iPod, you know, when I was a teenager growing up in the IFB. Yeah. So uh, what I did is I put together a YouTube playlist and we'll have a link where you'll, where listeners will be able to listen along with the playlist if they like. Um, I did, I chose, I could have just, you know, assigned you an album that was just one particular thing. Those can be a little hard to find because they're not, there are not a lot of them on Spotify and nothing that There's I listen to. There are a few, but it's, none of them are the ones that I listened to or the ones that I loved growing up. No, you would buy the CDs. Right. You would, you would buy a, a CD. Um, and, and there aren't, there weren't streaming options that I loved. So what I did instead was I made a, I made a playlist on YouTube. If you haven't li- so if you haven't listened to this yet, um, what you can do, uh, we will have the playlist link. If you actually go into our Facebook group, uh, we're going to have the playlist linked there. Uh, we'll also have it a couple of other places, but the easiest place where you're going to be able to find it is is to go join the Facebook group, um, and then we'll have the playlist. And then you can also like leave your comments about it and talk about it. Like if if you're not familiar with it or if you want to listen to it and talk about it, um, it'll be in the group. Yeah, and and it's um, one other complicating factor is that post scop, um, pretty much anything that happened before scop has just been wiped from social media feeds uh, from First Baptist Church from their YouTube channel, um, and it's it's it can be difficult to get your hands on some of these albums that were that were like that came out when I was fifteen or came out when I was sixteen, and it was like my favorite album. Um, your parents don't have a copy they could send you. Um, you know what? I don't think they kept any CDs. Hmm. I mean, I, I mean, there might be, there might be old CDs in my like high school stuff in my parents' attic. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. So, um, I'm, let me, before we get into this, uh, let me just get a little bit of context because so when I was in, in, I, I sang in, uh, choirs and stuff, um, in high school and all through college, um, I, you know, that was one of the main things that I did and I really enjoyed doing. So um, when I was in college, you know, every year uh, the the chamber choir at the, the college where I went, um, the university where I went every winter, we would go on tour, you know, to, to high schools. It was sort of like a recruiting thing. We'd go to high schools and um, a lot of times we would end up singing in churches because we would, you know, go and we'd have a concert at in some we'd all get on a bus we'd go to some town and then we'd invite two or three or four high schools from that town to the concert that was going to be held at like either one of the high schools or like neutral ground and the neutral ground was like a church and we would like be selling cds of our of our choirs or whatever while we were there so i i sort of get what's going on there. and is this like a recruitment tool 
it is a recruitment tool. Yeah. Um, and you know, every year there would maybe be one or two new students that would come to the university, uh, or come to sing in the choir because they saw us on tour. So that's exactly what these Hiles Anderson tour groups are supposed to do. Um, and in, in the past, so, you know, between the, the 90s and, say, you know, 2012, 2013, the college would have two or three ladies tour groups, two or three men's tour groups. Um, so you'd have up to six groups. Traveling would they all be going on tour together or would they be separately. on separate tours? So like one group would get oh, the Southeast and then one group would get the Southwest and then one group would get the Northwest. And you'd travel with, with uh, administrators from the college and try to recruit people to come to Hiles Anderson. And then it was my job. So I worked in the recruitment office. So it was my job. I would process those recruitment cards that the tour groups brought back. And call oh, these students cool. and try to bug them about coming to college at Hiles Anderson. Yeah. So, I mean, what we would do is we would just be like uh, the week before uh, the term started in January, uh, we would have the the chamber choir and we would have the jazz group all get on one bus together. And then we would go on a tour because uh, we're in Oregon. So we would end up, we would either go one year, we would go to uh, up to Washington, up like through Seattle, up up to like Bellingham, Washington, and then come back down. And then another year we would go to down to California, down to San Francisco. And then another year we would go to uh, like out uh, eastward towards like Idaho, Montana, um, Eastern Washington. Yeah. So it it wasn't quite as like, it seems like your guys's was more elaborate and maybe less efficient, but you guys were trying to cover a, a wider area. We were just right. trying to go around like the Northwest and the West Coast. Yeah, we were trying to cover, you know, hundreds of churches across <laughs> the country. Did, um, so did you ever get to perform in any of these groups? I did not get to go on tour. And it is Bummer. a it is a permanent source of heartbreak for me. Uh, well, I wasn't a good enough. I was not nearly a good enough vocalist to go on tour. I think you're um, a pretty decent vocalist. Yeah, uh, I'm better. I'm much better now than I was then. Okay. Um, I just, I, I just did not have the vocal chops. Um, figuring out how to, you know, how to, how to play the instrument of my own voice was not something that came easily to me. But they wouldn't have you like. I mean, there was a chance that they would have been like, oh well, maybe Sadie, she's not the strongest singer, but. She is really good at playing piano, so they would never have you be like the accompanist or anything. I really, 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 really wanted to be a tour group pianist. and You would have been great at that. I don't know why I didn't get to do it. And it is a big deal. It's a big honor to go on tour. It's like the biggest deal in the world. It's like the closest you can get to being in a boy band. As a we're going to talk about that later. But okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. No, it's like that's what it's like. And um, no, I I tried out both years um, that I was at Hiles Anderson, and I got rejected. Um, that's a bummer. Yeah, it is. They it's, must have it's, picked somebody amazing because I know you're great at piano. So I actually I know the girl. So actually, somebody that I worked with that I was pretty close with uh, took what would have been my spot as the piano player for one of these groups. Oh, I know how that um, is. No, she's she's really good. Um, this is just my opinion. I think I'm a slightly better instrumentalist than she is. She has a better personality for being on the road for months and interacting with people. 
Wait, you go so you go on the road for months if you were in one of the these entire weeks. summer. Yeah, you'd go on the road. You'd do some. Wow. You'd do some meetings as early as like March or April, and you'd get excused from classes to go to these. Like you'd go out on meeting. You'd go. You know, you'd do weekend tours. Interesting. Throughout the spring, and we just go for spend. like a week. We just no. go for like a week before the term started in the winter. These people would do months on the road. So you would go, like, you do weekend meetings, you get excused from classes, like, as early as March or April to do that. And then the the day after graduation, you got in the van and you went on the road and you didn't come back until youth conference. So that's, I mean, that sounds serious business. I mean, one thing that I will say is that the the musicians in these groups are very talented. I'm like, so if I have criticism about this music, it has nothing to do with how good the musicians are because i can tell from listening to this music that these people are they work very hard to get as good as they are and so there's nothing you know that i'm going to say that's going to be at all disparaging about anybody's ability anybody's uh a willingness to 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 put in the work anybody's work ethic uh so just in case you're a former member of one of these groups and you're listening to it I have the most utmost respect for you as a musician. Just putting that out there. Yeah, no, these 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 people really do work incredibly hard. And I think my my gut feeling is that's really why I didn't why I got rejected twice. Um I think the administer the powers that be and the administrators in charge of choosing people, I think I was not perceived as just like having my shit together enough to do that, like to do the intensive practices for months and months and months. It's like it's like practicing to be like in um in band, you know? Yeah. It's like oh, yeah. it's intense, intense work and practice. I think they thought that my the perception of me was that I couldn't handle it. The the months and months of practice and then like being on the road for all for so long. Do you and think like, they were right about that? At the time, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Like at I mean, eight, at 18, fair. I was not like at 18, I wasn't, I wasn't stable enough. Like I yeah. was a little more introverted and I needed, like I wouldn't have been able to handle staying in a hotel room with other people and never having a moment by myself for months. I wouldn't have been able to psychologically deal with that. I mean, a lot of people just aren't cut out for that anyway. So right, like now I think I would love it. Like now I would love to, to go on tour as a musician at, in, in any way. Um, and now I think I would thrive a lot more doing that. But at the time I think I was just emotionally like, ah, no, I don't think I would have been good at it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, why don't we just, why don't we dig into it unless there's anything else you want to ask me about it? Uh, no, I want to hear what you thought of the music. Of the music? Okay, so before we get into the music, there's one question that I have, and this was something from watching the videos that, like, bugged the sh** out of me. Okay. Which is, why are people, like, taking selfies with the singers and, like, coming up onto stage with them and taking selfies with them while they're performing? So that is only for youth conference. That's such a so, weird thing for people to be doing if you're performing. Yeah, if it I was totally playing is. somewhere and somebody came up onto the stage and took a selfie with me, I would be like, get the hell off the stage. I'm singing here. You go down there. Audience, <laughs> be like, 
no like that's like a sort of situation like i don't know have you seen that uh that video <laughs> of the rolling stones playing where some dude jumps up on the stage and like runs at mick jagger and then keith richards like uh takes his guitar off and just like f- like swings it by the neck and just like clobbers this dude in the head with the- like there's a video of that on the internet and then he puts his guitar back on and keeps playing i don't like, know if i've seen that i do know i'm going to immediately go watch it when we're done <laughs> fall on like baseball swing on this guy and then oh, that's great yeah and then just goes back to playing like that, that would have been me i would have just been like singing a song some guy comes on trying to like take a picture of me or like this is sparta kick like off the stage it'd be just like sorry somebody get him out of here so this is a thing that was done it was only during youth conference so i think one thing you'll notice is that especially with the ladies tour groups um there is a there's a certain like conventionally attractive look that they're going for yeah, they all look very nice. Yeah, and they all kind of have the same hairstyle and you know, they they're all kind of just like, you know, just they they all look very pretty. They're and, all, they're well put together. Right. They're and nice looking um, girls. In the days of Scop, I, I believe I have mentioned before. Oh, it was in dating episode. Uh Jack Scop kind of humiliating f- people from the pulpit if they didn't have a date for the Valentine's banquet or the Christmas lights or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so that concept, I remember at youth conference, you could auction, like you would auction off a date with a ladies tour group member. So like these teenage boys would be like, yeah. So like these teenage boys would be like hustling to get to sit with a a girl from the tour group through a service. So like, that's the kind of like, I don't want to say sexualization because it's, because this is like purity culture, but like, what, how do I say sexualization without sexual you know, I don't know. Like you're, you, uh, bachelorette auction. That that's weird. I mean, they me. did it with the boys too. Okay, I it guess, was just like, like it's just more prevalent with the with the female tour group members. What if you were a female uh, a tour group member and you had a boyfriend? Would they, oh, they not auction you off? Oh no, they did not care. If you're a female tour group member, the college owns you for three months, and you just get back to your boyfriend when you get back. That's creepy. That's really creepy. I don't. I don't like that at all. Um, the tour is um, tour is interesting. Yeah, tour. The way that tour group members are treated, it is a very interesting, like indentured servitude and celebrity combination. It's like joining a K-pop group. It is exactly like that. It is a hundred percent exactly like that. These young kids running up to take pictures. That is something. It was only allowed at youth conference, and it was this thing. People would do it because they wanted to see like. I don't know if you can tell from the videos just how big that stage is. Yeah, it's do you pretty feel big. Like, do, yeah, do you feel like you have a concept of like how big? Yeah. It always looks smaller on video to me than it does in person. No, it looks like it's it's a really big building. Because I've, like, See, I've like several on that thousand stage, people yeah. considered. Yeah, yeah that, that building seats about 7,500. Yeah, um, it's, it's huge. The stage is just massive. And the, the ceilings are just so high. Um, it's very imposing to be there in person. And I think these kids kind of run up, number one, because they want to like see the world from that gigantic stage. Uh, and then to take pictures with the tour group members. Um, it gets a little rowdy. And I think I the videos tell. actually... Oh, I think the videos downplay it quite a bit. <laughs> I mean, it just seemed disrespectful to the performers, to me. 
at least i don't know it's anyway let's move on to to um anyway that's what's going on there so the first track uh was he made a way for me mm-hmm. yeah and i'm looking at the thumbnail looks like six girls singing yeah and i personally so, know four of them okay well the thing about this the pronunciation of their words killed me as so as somebody who spent more than a decade of my life performing like choral music and and music in general their like their pronunciation of various words was like fingernails on a chalkboard to me like it 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 felt like somebody saying Reese's pieces like in polite conversation I mean you've you've kind of like you've spoken like that though about um you know when we were working on the theme song for the podcast together Yes exactly like you like the the thing that you the thing that we had to work through together was my pronunciation Um yeah. and like it d- does this make more sense now All of the vowel shapes were ro- like listening to it I was just like it's like the harmonies could be tight the you know, the, it could all be like right on and they could be like top, top, top musicianship. But if they're pronoun- pronouncing those vowel sounds like incorrectly in the way that they're pronouncing them to try to make them sound down home or whatever, it's like, to me, it was like fingernails on a chalk. So let me ask you, are they doing it wrong the same way that I was doing it wrong? Yes. They're doing so, it wrong exactly the same way that you were doing it wrong. So this makes more sense to you now. Yes. Oh, it makes perfect sense. Like this was a whole thing that we that we had, and I was just like, so because I was trying to explain it to her in a way that, like, I don't know, wasn't mean, and trying to get like figure out a way to to help Sadie wrap her head around uh, what I wanted or what my vision was for when we were having her record the backing vocals for the well, song. Well, because if we're singing, like, yeah. yeah, if we're singing together, we need to have the same pronunciation. Yeah. So, like, I don't hold that against they're you. Not like identical, but like. It needs you know, to mesh well. Yeah, and like if if people outside of this world hear it that way, it's gonna sound like they're gonna. It's it's like jarring, just because of the way that the brain interprets interprets words and interprets pronunciation. Because like the vowels, we're always told to sing with tall vowels, and the brain will like if like for instance, if you use certain if you can switch out certain vowels for each other and if you're singing then your brain will switch it back for you when you hear it mm-hmm. if that's what i if that makes any sense yeah the brain interprets sung words differently than spoken words exactly but like the way that they they were singing it like they were speaking it and it was just like it but in like this sort of like oh we're folksy and down home way but it was oh, it was so difficult for me to listen to but other than that like the the singer sounded really good but the ugh. well, and, and I mean, I feel vindicated in a way, though, because it's like, oh yeah, am I doing it incorrectly the same way that these people are? Okay, well, now you see where I get it from. Yeah, um, and also, like, if you look at them singing and you listen to them singing, it seems to me like it's like somebody told them, if you don't have a smile on your face when you're performing, the Lord will hit you with lightning. The 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 aggressively smiling while singing is just another thing that you're taught at Hiles Anderson. It's just another part. I mean, but it's not like a smile. It's like a grimace. Well, the, what you're told is if you're on that big stage, you have to smile big enough that people in the back row can see that you're smiling. 
Yeah, but if you do your your vowel shapes around you smiling, then it's going to make your the the vowel. Sh- okay, that makes so much sense with why the vowels sound like that because they have to uh-huh. sing through like this like weird like like Jack from the Nightmare Before Christmas smile. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like all of this is like, I, I've been waiting for this so long because I feel like this is going to make so much just fall into place for you. Yeah, it does. I mean, but th- it's just like exposing me to more of your culture and it makes sense. Um, yeah. So that was uh, He Made a Way for Me. That was He Made a Way for Me. I'll give it like a, 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 a six out of 10. Okay. Just because the the the, the speaking bothers me that much. Okay. Yeah. Want to move on? Let's move on. Okay. So the the next track is Last Night. And I I think this is the album that came out my senior year of high school, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So this was like, I mean, for me, I was listening to Kanye West's Dark Fantasy and you were listening to to this album. Yes. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Okay. Good to know. And this song I picked because it's just so aggressively Jesus-y. Oh, okay. I thought you would appreciate that. (laughs) So, um, the the narrative of the song, um, lyrically, I'm not really into it because they're like very they're they're basically just going through the narrative of like the crucifixion. Um, and it's not my taste, but it's not bad. I thought that like the backing track for the song sounds like a karaoke track. Yeah. Um, and but the part where the instrumental cuts out, I thought that part was really good. The acapella little chorus part. Yeah, the acapella chorus part on that song I thought was really good. Um, they, they, as far as like a production standpoint, this is this stuff is not at all my taste. And that was a um, choral. That was like mixed men and women singing, right? Yeah. Okay. And um, all of the soloists that they had on that song were like top tier, top tier. Like they're they're very talented singers. Yeah, I know some um, of those people. Um, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I know who the main male soloist was, um, who was very well known. For, for being really, really talented. Went to, I think he would have been like a senior when I was a freshman at Hiles Anderson. Sweetheart, though. I know him personally. Cool. You're still cool like, if you still talk to any of them, um, if they're like out of the IFB, tell them that I thought their voices sounded good. Um, so last night would be like with the Highlander Corral, probably. Uh, which okay. is So they would get, for, all growing up, I thought that was C-O-R-R-A-L. Like they've all been corralled, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, C-H-O-R-A-L-E. Um, yeah. And I got I didn't figure that out until I got to college. If you um, wait, so if you were in the, um, I, w- I have to wonder if the University of Oklahoma, um, if they have, uh, uh, if their like choir is called the OK Corral. Oh, it so should be. If it's not, that's a huge missed opportunity. Anybody who is at um, University of Oklahoma, fix it. Get on it. <laughs> Oh, but the chorale would be so. Anyway, whoever, if you hear this, these big orchestral that's like, that's like a clearly like a mixed choir singing. It's not just a quintet or whatever. Yeah. Um, that would be. It's usually all of the tour members, and then occasionally a few other students who weren't on tour for whatever reason, but are really talented singers. Yeah, they were. They, you know, as far as like I was saying before, the singers are all really good. I mean, the the song. I'll give this one a seven out of ten because. Um, the song, it, it, the the lyrics of the song, it's just too heavy handed. Like you can sing about Jesus without b- 
being as you know heavy handed as they were in in this one. Um, oh, uh, while we're on the topic of Jesus, right before we move on, I did want to yeah. let you know. Um, I did not purposely pack this playlist with Jesus content. I mean, I assume that all of the content is Jesus content if it's coming from Hiles Anderson tour groups. Yeah, but like as far as songs that like have Jesus in the title or like it as the main topic of the song, um, I really tried to be fair and balanced with like the amount of, of G- specifically Jesus content that I included. I mean, but like if you're if you're making Christian music, pretty much you can only write about one thing, which is Jesus. Eh, more modern Christian music is a little bit different. See, in my view, like I don't understand. Like, if you're like a musician and you're like super Christian, I could see you like having like one or two songs on your album that were about like Jesus and and what that means to you. I I wouldn't want to listen to an entire album of that. It's just like how I told you when there was this guy on the internet who was like, Hey, do you want to collaborate with me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You like some of the same music that I do. Why not? And he's like, well, I wrote this and that. And the other thing I wrote an entire album about like uh, getting ghosted by this girl. And I'm just like, I'm not going to sing your entire album about, or, or sing on a project where it's an entire <laughs> album of you getting ghosted by a girl. Do like one or two songs about you getting ghosted by a girl. That's relatable. Don't do an entire album about it. It's not worth doing an entire album about. I feel like the same sort of thing about this is that like if, you know, maybe because these songs are a bit heavy handed, but if you have one that's maybe a little bit less heavy handed and you have like one or two Jesus songs on it, I'd be like, I'm not mad at that, you know? Yeah. Well, the next song is kind of fun, I think. Which one was the next one? Uh, Good uh, News Chariots Coming. Okay. Uh, so. This song is pretty good. Um, the bass, the guy who sings bass in this quartet um, is really, really skilled. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's got a, a gift. And also this one was a video where they, uh, they showed them singing. Um, and it seems like the guys at least seem a bit looser than the women. Um, not in a bad way, just like they're, they feel like they're less uptight on stage, but I assume that's got to do with, um, gender roles within the IFB. Yeah, I think most likely. And also these, uh, these barbershop, barbershop quartet type songs that, that this one isn't, would be included in, uh, those are culturally, it's kind of an opportunity for male singers to let their hair down. Yeah. And like have or a little bit they're of fun. Proverbial, they don't have hair long enough to look down, but for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, this one, I, I thought this one was pretty good. I give this one like a, a seven and a half. Okay. Seven and a half. Want to move on to the next one? Anything else about that yeah, one? Yeah, uh, not, not really. Um, okay. But. So the next one I had was, do they see Jesus in me? So do, okay. So we've got a ballad here, like a very well-produced ballad but like the strings when they come in i mean they're just killing me i mean it's just straight like schlock you know so like oh my god so this one was made oh so hard to listen to i'm just like this they can't be serious it sounds like something that simon cowell would produce Ooh. yeah i I think this one was made like right around the time i was at hac or right after i left yeah. Um, 
when they stopped using I, I don't think those are real strings i think the synthesizer i could tell that they weren't um, real strings i was just like oh well like, they used to use a real orchestra they sounded like a really expensive synth patch but like you could tell or it's just like a few things in there i'm like mm. well okay so so while we're talking about that um <laughs> they used to use a real orchestra most of the time and they also used to have a guy uh who was very very talented musically he wrote a lot of their songs um he and uh did a lot of the the synth work for for previous Hiles Anderson albums. So they have uh, like a guy who's like the producer on the um on the payroll. They had a guy. Yeah, uh, he ended up molesting children, so he's oh. not there anymore. <laughs> wow. It's really sad. He's probably the most talented musician to ever come out of the IFB. That's depressing. Yeah, it, it really is. There were two Ugh. super talented dudes. One of them is out of the IFB and doing freaking awesome. Uh, oh, and, then, and, and then the other one uh, molested children in the IFB. Oh, God. Ugh, I hate that. It, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I should, be, I should be used to it by this time, hearing about yeah. these guys. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Probably should. Well, let's move on from anyway. that. I, I, yeah. I mean, the, I, I don't know. That one kind of for me, it was just like four just because it's so drecky. It's kind of schlocky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what did you think of I Can Pray? So again, with the extremely well-produced ballad. But you know what this one reminded me of? This one reminded me of like the slow song on a Backstreet Boys album. Okay. So you like, you know, you know the song, uh, show me the meaning of being lonely. You know that song? Yes. Tell me why I can't be there where you are. Like it, it, that's the vibe that I got from it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Um, and I was like, okay, this one, this one kind of slaps. But then there's the verse where the singer's like, "My friends and family aren't willing to accept Jesus, and therefore they're determined, <laughs> d- they're doomed for eternity." Um, yep. Yeah. Where he's just like. My friends and my family, what can I do to save them? Like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, he's he's sad because his his friends and family don't love Jesus. Yeah. And so he's like, what can I do? And they're like, I can pray. I'll give this one. You know what? I'll also give this one a seven out of ten. Good, good song. You're just not a fan of the the family so going to help. That, that verse, you know what? Like I said, I'm not opposed to to Christian music. Like I've sung choral music for years and years and years and years and years, and a good portion of that stuff. If you're going to sing choral music, um, and if you're going to sing like solo, you know, operatic pieces, art songs, things like that, a lot of it's going to be pretty Christian, and it's not going to be covert. It's going to be very overtly Christian, and you just gotta, you know what? I, I don't have an issue with that, but just like some of the stuff in here, I'm just like, Oof. yeah. Oh, the next one, I'm sure you really appreciated. Oh, which one was the next one? This is the, the bluegrass track. Uh, Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? So, okay. Yeah. We've got a, a country and we've got a bluegrass song here. And it's nice to see that you guys are representing your Southern roots. This is, there's an entire album. So this song is off an entire bluegrass banjo album. Of Christian songs. This song this song featured an egregious use of auto-tune. 
Yeah, so this was after I left and the music there really started slipping in quality. So um, I hear like this one, I, I looked at the date and it says that it was posted April of 2020. And in 2020, like not just like in, in any song that you hear on the radio ever, like auto-tune is ubiquitous. And like if you heard a voice without auto-tune on the radio, like it would be jarring for you to hear just because you're not used to it. But like... I mean, just I mean the the use of auto like there was the one part where they had like the key change, yeah, yeah, and the key change was they're all singing like one note in unison, and it sounded so weird, and no vibrato in any of their voices. It was just like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so what's going on here is uh, Hiles Anderson no longer has the the population base to pull these really talented singers from or musicians from no because you're uh because i i need to stop saying you're because you're not involved in this anymore in any way because their uh uh, a pastor turned out to be a pedophile and went to jail for sex trafficking right so they don't have the the student base to pull from as far as tour goes anymore so they don't actually even send tour groups i think they may have one or two tour groups now uh, where they used to have six go out uh, concurrently. Yeah. Um, but so I think that's probably where this use of autotune is coming from because they just don't have the talent to pull from like they used to. It's either like hard autotune or they just like melodined it to unrecognizable levels. But you yeah. would know that you would know more. You'd be able to pick that up better than I would. Yeah, I mean, it's probably both because what they'll do is they'll melodyne it to a certain degree and then they'll auto-tune it to to, to the next degree to like combine those two. And literally every song that you hear on the radio by every singer, no matter how talented that they are, they're going to auto-tune and melodyne it. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know, to me, like, I don't want to be like one of those, oh, our music was better back in, in the day. But like, it's it's it gets annoying. I, it, I mean, I agree. To listen to, it's difficult. It's it. It sometimes low key makes it hard for me to take them seriously, but also it's just like, what if you want to do something that isn't that? And it's on everything, like in every That's genre. And it's just exactly ugh. where I come from. Like auto tune is a yeah. style, and I honestly don't mind it uh, no. on, on some stuff. Like it, you know, it can sound cool. But um, they can auto tune live futuristic. too. Like there's there's yeah. like live plugins where you can, and you couldn't tell. Or like it would sound like the recording. So there's lots of yeah. people where they're like, oh, well, they're not doing auto-tune because I heard them live and it sounded the exact same as it did on the record. I'm like, they're auto-tuning it live. I've and heard that they're even like auto-tuning on Broadway. And I'm just like, oh, hmm. now that disappoints me. They've been doing that for a minute. Oh, see, that that for, makes sense. At least like for it. like a decade. You know, I'm a fan of Broadway. Now, yeah. I, I, you know, I feel like auto-tune is a style and um, I don't think it's an invalid style. It just it bugs me that when it's on everything, because like I don't want this everything to be the same style. It's a tool in your musical arsenal, and it's not like hot sauce where you can just put it on everything and make it better. No, or cheese. I say it's exactly like cheese. <laughs> okay. A little here um, and there. Want to go on to, to track seven, The Value of One? Yeah. This is classic, classic HAC music. Okay, this is classic HAC. So this mm-hmm. one was nice enough. Um, the subject matter, you know, 
I mean, like subject matter, sinners getting saved, blah, 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 blah. That's, you know, it seems kind of run in the mill. But then, so it takes a hard left turn lyrically. There's a line where it says, start construction on his mansion on a hallelujah street. He doesn't know yet what is waiting when his savior he will meet. And then key change into the chorus that yeah, do you start construction on his mansion on a hallelujah street that made me i had to pause it and like <laughs> i laughed so hard when i heard that line are you like aware of the the theology like why that's the line no okay so here's his so- mansion on hallelujah street like hallelujah street next to <laughs> uh on on uh uh King, it's just off of King Dave, King David Boulevard. <laughs> um, yeah, you take Highway uh, uh, 1611 to uh, <laughs> oh god to uh, through the 13 Apostles uh, or 12 Apostles Expressway, and then you get off at uh, Hallelujah Street. That's what it seemed like to me, and I'm just like, what the hell? Okay, so what the heaven? <laughs> Okay. No, that was actually really good. Um What the heaven? So so the idea is that um in I the should King- start saying that instead of what, what the, the hell? Heaven. What the heaven? <laughs> well, I mean, that was sure. I know in the King James so in the King James version, the Bible says in my it's a quote something that Jesus says, um, in my father's house are many mansions. Uh and if I go and p- prepare a place for you. So, so Jesus is talking about like, in my in in heaven there are mansions and like I'm gonna go make you your own mansion and then when you die you get to come to heaven and you'll live in a mansion. In other Bible translations, it says in my Father's house are many rooms. So the idea is that there's like a room for each of us in heaven. Baptists do not like the idea of getting stuck in a room. They want their own daggum mansion. Is um, there a pool? Yes. So, so you're there's encouraged. A pool, there's to a like, four car garage. You've got a Benz. You've got a, a, a you've got a, a King Ranch F one fifty. You've got um, Canyon Arrow. Canyon Arrow. Yeah, yeah. You've got your King Ranch F one fifty. You've got your Corvette, and mm-hmm. you've got uh, your. I I don't know what else do you guys drive. Uh, Oh gosh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so this like this materialistic view of heaven is like what that's referencing because that's the thing that's jarring to me. Oh oh, I, it is to me too. But you're encouraged in the IFB to kind of like you know how people make vision boards. Yeah, like you're encouraged to like imagine what you're really looking forward to in heaven and like these possessions that you could never afford on earth that are going to be given to you in heaven. Yeah, everybody's got Rolexes and uh uh Yeah, that's exactly how it's described. And so like as far as Adidas like tracksuits and uh So as far as Hallelujah Hallelujah Street, that's just like a an imagination of like what a street name might be in heaven. But the idea of mansions, that's very literal. Um anyway. Uh we're looking at Jesus What a Mighty Name is Jesus, the next what a mighty, Okay. So the, I like the piano at first, but then I feel like this one's trying way too hard to be like epic and overblown, and like it just comes across as like overblown and cheesy. Um, and like I was saying, the depiction of heaven that's in these songs, like if you don't mind me saying, it sounds super lame. Like God and Jesus just like hanging out, 
and the angels are all chilling around with trumpets. <laughs> and the only thing anyone ever does in heaven is sing constant praises of them, like literally constantly. Like, yeah, God and Jesus are just like narcissists that need to be constantly praised and fawned over like from a theological perspective this sounds trash i'm sorry but i think that like we're like we'll talk about heaven in a different episode but also oh i can't wait for that that's gonna be a good one also, everything is made of like solid gold, but also people don't have earthly desires. Like if you were like, oh, yeah, I got my new mansion with my swimming pool and my King Ranch F-150. Like you're like you're never going to have time to enjoy those things because you're like, oh, what am I doing today? Oh, I got to go down to sing more praises on Jesus because apparently he needs that like all the time. Well, right. Or That's all the devil all you wins. Do is- I don't know. Yeah, all you do is like is like sing praises or pray or like listen to. So you would hear like, okay, well Isaiah is going to give a talk about what he wrote for the Bible, so we're going to go listen to that. Or like King David is leading a worship service with all the Psalms, so we're going to go do that. So like you're interacting with these like these like biblical characters, but that's really it. That's it. Oh man, that sounds lame. I mean, I, I'd be interested in like talking to these people and like hearing them speak, but like not literally the only thing that anyone ever does. I don't know this like Christian heaven just doesn't make sense to me. But I'm like that's its all own thing. Like I don't know. Like I am. I'm literally like while you're talking, I'm going on our our uh, ideas folder and putting heaven in there because this is going to be. Really I can't believe that wasn't in there already. But anyway, uh, so the, I, I do want to say that the singer singing bass in this song is really good. And also the dude I in think the that's back, the same guy from the first, was it the same guy from the first video? I don't know. The but there's, dude? there's a dude in the background that's sitting behind them and he's looking like super oh, bored shit. and he's just like straight up reading a book. Yeah, he just looks like he does not care about what's going on on the stage. Like, and he's on the stage too, like in one of those chairs on the stage. And whoever that is that is that is going looking through something on stage, it's probably whoever's about to preach. Oh, okay. So he's it's just probably like whoever's just about. Bored. I mean, it's probably whoever's just about to like get up and give a sermon. He probably heard them do this song eighty times before, anyway. Yeah. So yeah. You can, oh, you can see. You can see Scop in this. Oh, I see him. I see. Okay, that's uh, that's Stuart Mason. He was the president of the college at the time. Yeah, he just looks he's like whatever. I I don't care. You get a good Scop view in this video too. That's fun. Ew. Yeah. If you ever wanted to see a, a pedophile on stage, fond <laughs> over. This is one option. Yeah, you could always go to a Ted Nugent concert. Oh my gosh. Okay. Sorry. I just recognized somebody else in this video. Anyway, I know all these people. Um, yeah, that's funny. Do you want to go, go to the next one? Wish I could have yeah, been there. Yeah. So wish I could have been there. Okay. So this one, I think this one's my favorite. So out of all, this of them, is one I of get, my favorite Jesus songs. This, this one, uh, ten out of ten. Um, really good. Yeah. So this one, I think, was fun because the women, they're, I guess, they got to show a little bit more personality, and we really got to hear them all sing individually. Um, who is the blonde woman? The 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 young woman with the blonde hair, killer voice. I think she sang like the third solo section. 
playing piano or just are on the stage? No, she she's singing. She's got a really like rich, strong voice. Uh, that's a friend. That, that's a that's somebody that I, I mean, acquaintance of mine. Yeah, that's somebody I worked with uh, in one of the ministries that I worked at the church. Okay, well, if you if you talk to her again, I, I don't I know. I think if she's we're still, still friends on Facebook. Is she still in? Ish. Ish. I think I think I think she and her husband are like. Very, very Christian, but I don't think they're IFB anymore. Okay, well, I know her good, husband. I worked with her husband them. as well. They're, that's, I, I, anyway, I, I think that she's a very talented vocalist. Um, and she sounded really good in that song. No, she really is. Yeah, she that was that was nice. I like that. Um, but what I want to know is that in all of these videos, if you look at like, there's like a. Th- up in the upper left hand corner, there's like a little like thumbnail of some dude just chilling in like behind a desk or something. Oh my goodness, I did not even Who is that? Why is he there? It. He's in like three or four of the videos. I didn't even see it before. I'm like holding my laptop up to my face. Like I don't recognize that dude. Why I is there a thumbnail of him up know. there in the corner? I literally have no idea. I don't even know who that is. That's weird. That is very, it's very creepy. And I'm really skeezed out by the fact that I didn't notice it before now. <laughs> it's like the elf on the shelf. Oh my goodness. I don't, I don't know. I am now going to like, I'm now going to post this on my Facebook and be like, who is this guy in the corner? Yeah, maybe you can find out, and then you can post it in the Facebook group when we find out. Yeah, because I just know, not, like, because none of our, these mysteries ever get solved. I don't know. Maybe we're here. To, maybe that's our purpose in life is to solve some of these mysteries. Anyway, I wish I could have been there. I thought that you know, as far as as far as Jesus songs go, this one felt like it had maybe a little bit more. Um, it was if the words felt maybe a little bit more creative. Like if you're going to talk about Jesus all the time, you might as well be a little bit creative about it. So this song felt a little bit more creative. Um, and I think that the, the, the singers really were feeling it. Um, so they're, they're yeah. good on them. Uh, I wanted to shout out to the piano player on this as well. Uh, oh yeah. She was great. She was, doing she was great. Well, yeah. And uh, playing piano for a singing group in that auditorium is not easy. Um, oh, you God, basically you have a monitor speaker in your ear because there's no way you can hear them because the the pianist is sitting 20 to 50 feet from the people singing yeah so you can't you can't hear and you can't see because of the the direction that they have their pianos angled um you can't because usually when i play for a vocalist i lip read and like that's how i know where they are in the song oh if I can't hear yeah them, that's that's smart like I, I read lips pretty watch. well. You can't listen. If you listen, you'll be behind. Right. And like I happen to to be able to read lips okay. So I just, you know, I just know where they are in the song based on where they are lyrically. Um, yeah. But you can't do that on the platform at First Baptist Hammond. So she's got a monitor speaker and she is really working it. Yeah. Oh, they, they, this one was good. Um, okay. Anyway. So what's what's the next one? Uh, The Lighthouse. Okay, so, men's quartet piece. Yeah, so the first singer is really good. Um, this song is, I mean, this one seems pretty decent. I like this song all right. Um, this is a, a Southern gospel song that has become allowed by the IFB. Oh, well, I, you know, I kind of like this one. This one was fun. Um, the, although the one thing that the, the line, everybody that stands around us says, uh, tear that old lighthouse down. 
that one to me that really like plays into the whole christian victim complex that i find really mm-hmm. annoying but also very prevalent in a lot of these uh evangelical groups uh we don't have time to talk about the victim complex that a lot of christians have that um i find just like i have so much contempt for that way of thinking um but oh man like the guy singing bass is really good yeah, that's that is the same guy that you that you complimented from one of the first couple videos. Yeah, very talented, very talented. Um, there have been some real rad bass singers coming out of Hiles Anderson. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there would be um, the tenor when he's singing super. He needs to loosen up a bit. I mean, he's really talented, but he needs to reduce that tension in his neck when he's singing, or he's going to like seriously cause some problems with with his his vocal health in the future. Yeah, um, they they really that's a, that's another kind of IFB thing in general. They love those real high tenors. Oh, um, you can be a really high tenor, but you don't have to like look like like I swear like I mean he just he just like so tightened up. If he loosened up, then he, it would sound easier. He would still be able to sing all the notes. I know because I can sing very high, but well, they yeah. they disdain certain types of falsetto because that's too feminine so like the 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 style that he's singing and i agree with you about what you're saying about it but that's there's, not a, falsetto. there's a cultural i know like <sighs> he could go stupid. higher if he sang falsetto <coughs> yeah but i don't know to me that, that that just i mean it, it really bothered me oh that's fair enough yeah uh Okay, so you want to go to uh, this is my my this is the one I was really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the theme and the lyrics. Okay, so the, I I honestly the, this one it just sounded to me like Disney music, but about Jesus. Like if it was the fifth best song on a Disney soundtrack, but then they made it on G, about Jesus. That's the vibe I got from it. So that is I don't my have life, anything. Uh, I don't my have life anything. is yours to control. I don't have anything written down about the lyrics because honestly, it just kind of just. Just didn't impress you, huh? It did like the music didn't impress me. So the lyrics just were, it was a non-starter. Well, you know what? That's fine. We, what, uh, what were the lyrics that you want, that you wanted my opinion on? Uh, let me see. My life Lord is yours to control. I give you my heart and my soul. I'll seek your will. Never mind rich treasures to find. And yeah. basically just like I want God to make every single decision for me. Yeah, that's poor songwriting. You think? Yeah, I mean you could be more creative than that. Okay. I give this one a two. I didn't like it very much. Well, I think that's I think that's fine. This is yeah. a song that like was like super emotional for me growing up. Really? Yeah, okay. so like okay, but yeah, but imagine being fifteen and like super religious and hearing that. And how it might totally hit you different. Right, and you haven't heard like real music, so you don't know that music is allowed to slap. Right. So, and you like Disney music because that's like some of the only music you really have access to. And this is like if you ordered Disney music on Wish dot com but made it Christian. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do Thou O Lord? Okay, Thou O Lord. Okay, so that and this is a little different. This is not a tour song. This is the full Hiles Anderson choir and orchestra. And I'm pretty yeah. sure this is the year that all freshmen were required to be in the choir, which explains how I know pretty much everybody in this video. And also, this is Pastor School 2011, which is a, a conference that I attended. So I was in the room when this video was made. 
So I think I finally get how important it was to be in like one of these singing groups. Like you got to go out and sing solos in front of tons of people and basically get your rock star moment and like all the status that comes with that. Yes. I mean, for pastor school, there could be 5,000 people there or 7,000 people there. Yeah. So, I mean, the orchestra. So there is one moment. um, I think it's like a few minutes, like about two minutes and 20 seconds. The orchestra and the choir get out of sync, like noticeably. Mm -hmm. And it really bothers me and it makes it hard for me to listen to. But that being said, the song is kind of epic and the key changes one over like one after the other at the end is kind of like Love on Top by Beyonce. Yes. And Love on Top is one of my favorite Beyonce songs. And maybe now you get a little more idea of why. (laughs) I can see the stars all the way from here. I sing that at karaoke all the time. I can do all the key changes. Yeah, I couldn't. I can't. Sing it in the original key. It's a power move if you can do it. I can't say what I want to say on our PG-13 podcast, but you know what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) You know how I feel about your superior vocal chops. Um, I know. But no, I'm I'm watching through the That Will Work video. Yeah. There are like like four or five listeners in there. So I know like there are definitely listeners in there. Yeah. I'm watching through it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy's wife is like a major supporter of the podcast. And like, anyway. Oh, really? So if you're in – if you are in that video – um. I wow, that's that's funny. Oh yeah, like so. So people listening to this podcast are hearing me say what I think about them singing and performing. Yeah, I I don't think nobody that I know of from the tour groups listens. Nobody that I know for sure. Maybe they Uh, will. Who knows? But I do know there are people in this Thou Lord choir in the choir that do listen. Okay, well I I just saw the the husband of one of our one of our awesome listeners too. Yeah. No, no. Hey, I mean, there was a part where like the orchestra, because the the orchestra conductor and the choir conductor are like, they can't see each other because you've got, they're like, one's facing off to the right and the other one's facing straight on and they're not looking at each other. So, so it's what not there like, is, yeah. there is a camera, there's a hidden camera kind of, uh, so you see the staircase that goes up in between the two sides of the choir. Yeah. There is a hidden camera in that staircase, like in one of the steps of that staircase. Yeah. That looks up at the choir director. And then that is a closed circuit television feed to a hidden monitor that sits at the feet of the orchestra director. And this system worked really, really well sometimes, and it did not work very well sometimes. Hmm. That's interesting. But that's that, like, that it's always. Sense, that, that's why boring. they get off from each other. Right. Like that it's it always they always use that system and sometimes the system is very effective and sometimes it is not. And especially okay. with the college choir, like the the church choir director and the church orchestra director had a good system for making it work well. The college choir director, the college orchestra director did not. So they, they never quite got it perfect. Interesting. Okay. Well, still anyway. the song was kind of epic, but I yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I was I was a fan of this this song. Yeah, that that one was all right. And it also had like a million people I knew in it, so that was fun. <laughs> so so it like, must have been fun to watch. Yeah. Okay. What's number thirteen? Two more. Yeah, two more. 
Uh, number 13 is Be the One. So Be the One. Okay. So another, like, what is with all of these songs being ballads? Uh, this is what they would play after a preacher preached and everybody needed to go down to the altar and pray and like cry about how they haven't been a good enough Christian and how they're going to be a better Christian and how they're going to give all their money to missionaries. Uh, remember that whole remember that whole shebang in 2006 and 2007 about Scop and his mission teams? Remember yes. we talked about that in the Scop episodes? Yes. This record <laughs> record that has the pow- the value of one and has be the one on it. That record was produced by Scop for those moments when he would have remember I told you about being 14 and going down the stairs and signing a contract and like bawling my eyes out because of all the people that were going to hell. Yeah. Be the one is a song that was playing during that. Hmm. Wow. So these songs are written on purpose to emotionally manipulate people. So the thing with it being like a ballad is that I assume that it's because you guys can't have songs with beats on the two and four. And so you're not allowed, like you're banned from there being any bangers. So everything's got to be a ballad. It's yeah, it's like the other thing that you can do to like get people's emotions involved. Yeah. So and all, like all of these keys, these key changes are just too much. Oh, are you over the, all the key changes? I am so over all of the key changes. Oh my God. It's in every song. You can't just put it like you put a key change in like one or two songs and people are like, oh, that's a little spicy. But if you put a key change in every song, it just stops being interesting. You know? So have you noticed how like if you're like, oh, hey, Sadie, can you play this? And, and I play it in the wrong key and you're like, oh, no, it's actually a half step up. I can just yeah. play it a half step up. Yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah, Not because uncommon, I spent, but, you know, you have to be talented to do that. Yeah, because I spent my entire life playing through key changes. Yeah. In every song. So, so yeah. I can that's how I learned how to mentally transpose because of because of this. So, I'm trying to put my mind around listening to this music on purpose. Um and I guess that if you see yourself as like a sort of foot soldier for Jesus, mm-hmm. these songs are all supposed to be the song leading up to that final battle in the soundtrack of the epic movie about the salvation where it's basically like Braveheart, but with Jesus instead of Mel Gibson. Okay, sure. Yeah. So that's the, like, but you know, like, I mean, that just kind of wears off after a while because all of these like, Oh, epic ballad. You can't have every song be an epic ballad because they all start to sound the same. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I didn't see that. But I felt like Be the One had to be on there just because it was um it it's was a really, huh? It's a staple. Yeah, especially in that because like we did, you know, so we recent fairly recently talked about Scott um with the whole the whole missions push. Oh, and this song yeah. was like instrumental to that. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Well speaking of Scott, our bonus our bonus song at the end has a Scott appearance. <laughs> Yeah, so in this one, I thought the singer was really good, but all of these songs sound like bad musical theater songs. So we're talking about Your Grace Still Amazes Me. Yeah, like bad musical theater. Like if you're watching like a musical, like it, it, like in so for people that hate musical theater, um, this music is what all musical theater music sounds like to them. Huh. It's just like how 
I'm trying to think of another example of that. It's like how if like if you hate pop music, then all pop music just sounds like like it's all indistinguishable from each other. Like if I if if I hate if I was the type of person who hated musical theater music, like every musical theater song that's like supposed to be big and epic would sound like this, except for this one's about Jesus. That's interesting. See, I'm a really yeah. big fan of the the instrumentation on this song. Oh, the instrumentation was the worst. Oh, what? it was like aggressively bland. Although the one soloist hairdo was really epic. The big big poofy curls. Yeah, you you know who I'm talking. Yeah, she's the second soloist. The first soloist yeah. she sounded really great, and the second soloist comes in with like that hairdo, and I'm just like, oh man, that's like that's a hairdo right there. And she's like, I'm a boss. I'm gonna boss on this song, but the instrumentation, oh man, it's like. See, that's about the most interesting oh, instrumentation just... that you ever get in one of these songs. Oh, I thought it so uninteresting. I thought the instrumentation on the what was the the country and bluegrass one way more interesting. Really? Way, yeah. There's. Oh, huh, that's mean, so interesting. Yeah, I mean, you can't just keep adding stuff on and adding stuff on and adding stuff more layers and more layers and just making it better. It's just like adding cheese to stuff. You can't just add more cheese to something and make it better. So about halfway through this video, um. Scop gets up and he's like, okay, you that was beautiful, but you did it too fast. Can you do that again and go like 20 beats a minute slower? Yeah, but did you notice that when they did it again, they did it at the same speed that they did before? Well, they started slower and then they couldn't keep it. They couldn't do it. They had to. They speed didn't it right even back up. start slower. They're just like, fine, we'll do it again. And he was like, do it slower. And then just like, just to please. They didn't actually do it slower. I'm they did the like, intro slower. Yeah, just like a tiny bit slower. And then, yeah, he like gets up and he's like, do you want to do that again, but slower? Like, I've been. I mean, that's, I don't know. Yeah. I felt like that was super rude of him. To like, because they practice it at a certain BPM and for him to just be like, oh, just change that. I felt like that was super rude. I mean, you know, you could write a song and take it into like a producer or something and be in the studio and the producer would be like, I like your song, but I think it's the wrong tempo. And then. Well, like, yeah, like a producer would you yeah. pay to help you, not like the pastor, like Scop couldn't play a single instrument or sing. So like, where does he get off telling the like super trained musicians what to do i don't know I just, but they didn't actually do it slower it just it, that kind of made me laugh i i know i just i don't know if it's like just like my personal hatred for him showing through because it seems like if it didn't offend you and that it did didn't offend, offend me, me so much the thing that the song itself offended me see the fact that he was like oh just do it slower that really got on my nerves oh i mean yeah he just he is a man who is like at his core, I am entitled to everything. That's his vibe. That's his his whole personality. Right, but also like I just hated seeing. Yeah, but I just hated seeing him on screen and hearing his voice again. So yeah, much. well, he is a tool and a pedophile. So it's true. It's true. Yeah. Anyway, that was a unique opportunity so, to hate on Scott. That was fourteen songs that you had me listen to, and I went through all of them and talked about all of them. Um, yeah. Uh, did, good job congratulations yeah that that was all right that was pretty good um although i have to say after listening to that um i i honestly cannot 
like fathom a world where this is the music that's like available to you and this is the music that you're allowed to listen to. Well, this is the best of the music that's available to you. This is the most interesting. This is the most new of the music that's available. That's horrible. No, that was that was me. That was my life. Mo- the, uh, most of these songs, some of these were uh, after my time at HAC, but many of these songs would have been on my iPod at, at fifteen. Like you would have had these songs on your I- at fifteen. I had like Lady Gaga. I had Beyonce. I had um, you know lots of like I was listening to lots of Led Zeppelin, lots of Radiohead. Uh. Um, I was I was listening to Lil Wayne, Carter Three. Um, I was listening to lots of Kanye West. Back before he lost his damn mind, um, yeah. and had, well, I hope. <laughs> yeah, I hope this was a nice little window into the world. It was, and I was. I'm happy to review stuff like this because I think it's interesting, and I, you know, I never miss an opportunity to clown on on stuff that fundies find really emotional, and I'm just like, this is so. Like they're like, this music is so emotional and powerful, and I listen to it, I'm just like, nah. Like it doesn't do anything to me. Like maybe if you are, it's like when you you ever talk to dudes when they're just like, yeah. Have you seen the movie John Wick? No. Okay. Well, have you ever had anyone like aggressively explain to you the plot of the movie John Wick? No. So I won't aggressively explain to you, but like at the beginning of the movie, um, they're like this guy's wife. Uh, he's like, I guess, a former like hitman for the mafia or whatever. And his wife, he gets married, and then like his wife dies of cancer, and then she gets him a dog, and then uh, some mafia guy's kid uh is picking on him or something, and he kills the dog. It's like one of those things where like it's clearly like made to be like, oh, well, this is the most technically like possibly emotional thing to ever happen and dudes are like that movie when they killed this dog it made me cry so hard i'm just like that's what like they're just trying to like give you whatever excuse that you want to just show off like whatever violence there was there like okay yeah you see what i'm saying where it's just like if you're only like it's what is emotional to xxx psyche to xyz Mm. psyche Okay, put that in a song. Just it's like you ever have anybody tell you to watch you ever watch the TV show This Is Us? No, I haven't. Have you heard of this show? I have they absolutely put, heard of it. Yes. They're just like, oh, what's what's the saddest thing that can ever happen? Let's just put that in the show. Okay, what's like it's I mean, it's just like that's the sort of thing where they're it's just like, oh, the most emotional thing that can happen is is Jesus related. So Jesus, everything in the song, emotional Jesus, emotional Jesus, like that's yeah to me, and like I, it just doesn't do anything. And then all of the instrumentals and all of the music is like based around that, and I'm just like, this is so bland. You know, I can I think that makes total sense why you would see it that way, and I think that. You know, I want to I want to expose people to oh this is what cuz this is this is um on the surface kind of Disney-esque Broadway-esque Jesus music. Yeah. But some of these songs are are written specifically to emotionally manipulate. And I think that's uh you know, that's something maybe that that people ought to hear about. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's it's good that we talk about this. But are you are you ready to uh have your assignment for next week? 
Sure. Let's do it. So um, the first time that I had you listen to hip hop music was, I, I, I wouldn't say it was like, it was super successful um, as far as, as far as that sort of thing goes. Um, but what I did glean from that is that you, you are a fan of maybe the more conscious rap more uh, uh uh like like conscious hip-hop that's more of your your vibe and you like sure. stuff that's maybe a bit jazz influenced yeah yeah so um what i have decided to assign you is a, a hip-hop r&b you know neo soul album that is a uh, very much like on that plane um and this album um if you look at any um, like top 10 hip hop albums of all time. This album is going to be on it. So this is like a classic okay. classic. Yeah. The album that I am recommending you is the miseducation of Lauren Hill by the American singer, songwriter, rapper, extraordinaire, Lauren Hill. Um, this is, I mean, this is a classic. It's, it's excellent. It's, it's amazing in every way. And I think that you may connect with it emotionally because a lot of this music is is stuff that she wrote um, during her first pregnancy. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I personally, I find this music very emotionally compelling and I don't have a lot in common with Lauren Hill. And maybe you have more in common with her than I do. So you'll probably uh, uh, find more, find it even more emotionally compelling more than I do. Points. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm excited to give that a listen. Yeah. So uh, if you're listening to this, uh, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, that's going to be the one that we talk about next week. It's a great album. Um, even if you're not into hip hop, um, I highly recommend that you listen to it because it's, it's really one of the, it's it's uh, a masterpiece. Well, the um, other thing I'm going to do is not just, uh, it's not just tr- uh, trust a playlist and uh, make sure that the, the album is in the correct order this time. Yeah. I think that will that will lead to less confusion on my behalf. Yeah, then that'll be good. Um and I think that I uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. Um I really enjoy this album. Um and you know, it's it's one of the albums I don't listen to it all the time just because it's something that you like it's listening to it is maybe a bit of an endeavor. It's not like, oh, I listen to Harry Potter audiobooks when I'm at the gym because that to me, you know, that's just like something that I enjoy listening to. It's more like sitting down to read like uh, i don't know something that's a bit more something more substantial maybe yeah not to say that harry potter isn't substantial because i really like those books aside from the fact that the author is we'll get there yeah we're going we're we'll we'll do it at some point because everything yeah it, the the world just needs two more opinions on Harry Potter. Yeah, it, it, that's that's what it does. But people like that stuff. Anyway, um, so all right. Until next time. Uh, so uh, coming up soon. I I guess we don't know what we're gonna do next week for the regular episode. But next homework episode, we're gonna do uh, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Uh, so you should uh, go listen to that. Uh, stream that. It's a great record. Highly recommend it. Um, and uh, I have been Gabriel Ha Cohen. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at G-A-V-R-I-E-L-H-A-C-O-H-E-N. Follow the podcast on 
Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook and Instagram. It's leaving Eden podcast. Uh, Twitter. It's at leaving Eden pod. Subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, join our Facebook group. Sadie. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Sadie Carpenter music. Uh, and on Twitter at hell. Yes. Sadie. Marvelous. All right. And we will, uh, see you on Tuesday. Bye-bye. But old rolling river of time Healed me in too many days No regrets, no confusion There'll be no pollution I'm so thankful I've decided To change my ways I'm so thankful decided to change my ways Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.